You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm a little muddy on the timeline here. After Golden Wake, was that Shardlight next? Yes. Shardlight. Yes. Which I sadly have not gotten around to playing yet, but I did financially support it by buying it. Well, I actually don't get any money from Shardlight, so I oh, appreciate okay. it. But... <laughs> nice try, Rick. Swing and a miss. All right. Well, you, no, you do seem slightly fine. more popular at any rate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, so you don't make any more money off that now? Uh, no, because since I was hired, the deal was that I got hired to work on that game on a salary. So oh. in exchange for royalties. So, I see, gotcha. yeah, I don't get any, I mean, I got paid for it while I was making it, but yeah, right, I don't get any, right. any of the royalties from it, which is fine, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, yeah, so that's, so I always feel bad because I'm like, I want people to play Shardlight. Of course, I want people to play Shardlight. But, you know, when people are like, oh, how can we support you? I'm like, buy my other games. That... <laughs> 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 Literally yeah. any other game of mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Shardlight, I, I wanted to make a game that was set during the Black Plague, and I wanted to have a character in it that was, like, representative mm. oh, of yeah. death, but was also a giant raven-type mm-hmm. character. Mm. <laughs> so I, I, I started talking about it with uh, Ben Chandler, who you may know as the artist and also developer of uh, many games. Yes. And uh, he and I decided to, uh, we workshopped it a little bit, and we decided to make it a post-apocalyptic near-future game. Um, And we kept the idea of having the giant raven death man. And uh, yeah, we worked out the details, and we were like, oh, cool, let's make this game, Shardlight. Um, which was named because he drew a background that had the glowing shards in it. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And he was like, what are we going to call our game? I'm like, I don't know. I, he's like, I need to make a folder. What do we call it? And I was like, I don't just make something up. He's like, all right, I'm going to call it Shardlight. I was like, all right, fine. And then we never came up with anything better. So that's why it's called Shardlight. Oh, God, uh, yeah, that's you just gotta, one of those things. Gotta love just naming the first two things you see in a room. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, titles are really hard. And mm. yeah. with with A Golden Wake, the title came to me pretty easily, and I thought it was clever, because, like, I was doing research about the... You know, I was doing research on the history, and I found the whole thing about, like, you know, how they used to advertise Coral Gables as, you know, follow the Golden Galleon and all that. And I was like, oh, the Golden yeah. Galleon, that's very poetic. What does the Golden Galleon leave behind? A Golden Wake. And so I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And then Shardlight, you know, that came about as an accident. Lamplight <laughs> City gave me a hell of a time. I really, really mm-hmm. struggled naming that game. Um, and Rosewater was another one of the... Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, Rosewater was mm-hmm. another one of those flukes where it was like, oh, I already have a title for this. Okay, Rosewater, that'll work. <laughs> so. Ro- for, for a Western, Rosewater is such a good name, it makes me oddly mm-hmm. jealous. Like, even though I don't even plan yeah. on making a Western anything, I'm like, that's just, that's as out of the park as you can nail a Western name. It's so cool. Honestly, the the reason, the way that I came up with that was I was writing the script for, I mean, I was writing my world building document and I was like, okay, so it's going to start in this town 
What do I call it? What sounds Western? Okay, Rosewater. That sounds cool. It was named that way because, or, or let's say it was called that because it's by a river that smells nice. And so the people mm. who sell it, they called it Rosewater. Okay, whatever. So I'm thinking, what do I call this game? What do I call this game? What do I call this game? And my girlfriend, who is also my script editor and writing partner on the game, she's like, why don't you just call it Rosewater? And I was like, uh, that's true. It does. That works yeah. on many levels. <laughs> you, didn't just, you didn't just happen to have a box of Turkish delights or something on your desk and just like no, I didn't. Okay. And then I come to find <laughs> then I come to find out that the LucasArts game Outlaws, which I've never played, neither. The whole driving force of it is that the guy goes out to get his wife Rosewater, and then he comes home and like his family's been murdered. So it's like Aww. the inciting oh, incident of that game. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's a terrible coincidence. <laughs> <But okay. laughs> yeah, so so uh, so we did Shardlight. Uh, and yeah, the whole reason that that came about as far as the situation was because Ben had just been hired as the full-time artist at Wajidai. Uh So Dave was kind of like in a position where he's like, well, Ben, I'm paying Ben a salary to work on this full-time so mm-hmm. what are we going to do with you? I'm like, well, I'm making the game too. Well, let's figure something out. So then that's how we came up to that agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah, we did Shardlight. That came out in 2016. And then I started working on Lamplight City. Um, and that was on your so, own Lamplight City with your own company then? Well, so Lamplight City... Uh, so after Shardlight came out, I got laid off because, you know, indie games mm-hmm. are not always commercially viable not that shard like didn't do well but you know paying two people full-time was not Mm. necessarily in the cards so uh so yeah so i got laid off and which was fine i was kind of expecting it to happen um Mm -hmm. but then we were gonna the you know dave was like oh I'll, i'll you know i'll be happy to publish lamplight city uh but then as i worked on it more we kind of realized that the game I wanted to make and the game Dave was expecting weren't exactly the same thing. So rather than Mm -hmm. he was like, you know, rather than make you make these changes that I'm going to suggest, which will kind of change the game radically. um, Maybe we just shouldn't go forward with this. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Which Mm -hmm. I admit I freaked out at the time because I was like, Oh my God, where am I going to find another adventure game publisher? (laughs) But at the same time, I'm happy it happened because Mm -hmm. I actually had to pay my dues as an indie, you know, like mm-hmm. right. I was right. in a very fortunate spot that I knew someone and I got into this because I knew someone. I actually had to do the legwork and like reach out and find a new publisher and actually do the struggle, um, which I think was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I so I found Application Systems Heidelberg um, and yeah, we did Lamplight. I did Lamplight City with them, and I'm also doing Rosewater with them. Mm, nice. So yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I am also a big fan of Lamplight City as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I need to make a game that you you all hate just to <laughs> you know keep me grounded. Try. I, well, I haven't played Shardlight yet, so there's hope. Okay, you can hate <laughs> Shardlight. I, I won't mind. <laughs> So the Lost Treasures of Ron was it was a little dodgy. I mean, yeah. I... Yeah, no, that one's pretty bad too. <laughs> uh, I was actually a little surprised to hear or uh, read about um, how Lamplight City had the possibility of failing cases uh, mm-hmm. and still progressing, but mm-hmm. because when I played it, I actually never came across that. I actually did mm. manage to get through it, so I just sort of thought, oh, 
pretty uh pretty good standard uh but uh, excellent but standard uh adventure game and then i found out later about like oh, all these different paths all these different possibilities mm-hmm. so, like oh okay now that's really impressive because like that's really um it's just like the um covering the bases like you know being able to acknowledge that something did or didn't happen and moving forward with the story with that in mind that's uh that's really yeah. you know uh, as paul and i work on uh, a probably a smaller scale game uh that uh just to think yeah, you know, we're now in a position where we can look at that and think like holy crap that's a lot to take into account <laughs> it's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword because if you if you do it well and no one notices like not not if you do it well um it's a double-edged sword because if you do it and no one notices then you're you did it right i feel like because mm. you know right. i don't know it's it's tricky because like yeah you want to have it in there I, I wanted to have it in there because my main thing was i didn't like how detective games at least the ones that i had played were very handholdy mm-hmm. and right. you know L, like my main thing was la noir and like la noir was like oh you have to be a detective and you have to collect the evidence and whatever and you know you can fail the interrogations but i played through that game purposely getting everything wrong and it's still pushed me to the right solution anyway mm. yeah so you know the the frogwares the more recent sherlock holmes games also had the thing of you know you can get the cases wrong but if you got the cases wrong all that really happened was like you got an angry letter from someone related <laughs> to whoever you falsely <laughs> accused so i was like i mean i like that idea but it, but also the the problem i mean this is a whole other can of worms but the problem with playing as sherlock holmes is that there's the disconnect between you and the player or you and the mm-hmm. character because sherlock holmes is a genius detective yeah so if right. you play him as an idiot who gets everything wrong it, it, there's a there's dissonance there yeah so so yeah um but yeah, I just I just liked the idea of, you know, you're a detective and how many how many cases actually get solved in real life. So like, you mm-hmm. know, you can get things wrong or if you mess up, you just you close off all your leads instead of being stuck in a dead end, you just say, "Oh, well, I can't solve this. Let's go on to the next one." Um then the so, rest yeah, of the game was... reflects it. I mean, it's not just hollow that way. I just I love that so much. Yeah, I mean I mean Thank you. I, like, I tried to do it, to have the game be as reactive as possible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it didn't do it as much as I necessarily would have liked because I'm just one guy and, you know, I I only have so many resources and time to make a game. Um, but, like, you know, the, the tricky thing, too, that I wanted to make sure also was that there are certain cases where if you accuse the wrong suspect it'll have consequences that you see in a later case. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to yeah. make sure that the ability to get the correct uh, outcome in each case didn't depend on that. So, like, mm-hmm. if you if you accuse the wrong person in case one, I didn't want to prevent you from being able to accuse the right person in case four, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. So any, you know, the, the ability to, to like close off the leads and screw up your lead to the correct solution should only be, uh, accessible or able to be screwed up in the particular case it's in. So mm-hmm. on one hand, like, yeah, okay, it's fun to do that. But on the other hand, if you get them all right, you don't see that. Like you said, like Rick said, like, so I don't mm-hmm. know. 
I just think it's nice to have it in there, but it definitely yeah. is a design. It can be a design headache. And I mean, I've been thinking about how to do it in different ways to make it more apparent, but mm -hmm. I haven't really thought about that too much yet. Yeah. I don't always catch that stuff either. Playing Indiana Jones, Fate of Atlantis, yeah. and I was like, oh, do you want to use like your fist? Do you want to use your, your wit? Do you want to you know take the girl? Do you not? And I was just like, I'm assuming I'm just picking all the right choices because the game's right. progressing, right? That right. means I played the game right. So if I'm yeah. going to play it again, I've already known what I did was right. So that's what I'm going to do again. And I wouldn't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, carrying on to Rosewater, are you continuing your... Um, uh, your design choice to eliminate inventory puzzles. Mm -hmm. No, I am bringing back the inventory. Bringing in back, water. nice, interesting. Yes, yeah. So, what uh, um, what made you go back? Mm -hmm. Well, the main reason that I got that I didn't have inventory in Lamplight City was because it was a detective game, and I didn't think that inventory combination puzzles and stuff really had a place in a detective game. Because I figured if you're a private investigator and you're trying to get into something you're not going to create like a tool to pick a lock you're going to find a locksmith or you're going to do something mm -hmm. else or something so mm -hmm. I, I figured the focus would be more interesting on just like you know investigating crime scenes and like talking to people and stuff um my main influence for that was blade runner which yes the, the pc game yeah. which also didn't have inventory mm -hmm. um so, so good you know yeah, so it was it was a great game. It was primarily a detective game, and it didn't have inventory, so I knew it could be done. So I had to mm -hmm. think about how to design puzzles and stuff that didn't involve the inventory. Mm. Um, but for a Western, uh, an adventure, quote-unquote, because I am very originally referring to it as an adventure game because you do go on an adventure in it. Like, it's mm -hmm. akin to something like Fate <laughs> of Atlantis or something where you're actually going on, you know, a journey that's an adventure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was appropriate to have inventory again. Mm -hmm. um, not crazy combination puzzles because I've never been good at those. <laughs> um, and I actually was thinking a lot about that recently um, and wondering why it is that most adventure games default to, like, the most ludicrous uh, of inventory puzzles, which is creating crude <laughs> tools when there's so many other types of inventory puzzles that you can do, but because they're logical and make sense, I guess people think they're too easy, so they mm -hmm. don't tend to be used as much, but mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing that I don't need to get into right now. Yeah, Read my newsletter, fun. everybody. <laughs> I write about crap like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a good question too because it, it, I've been pondering the, the importance of difficult puzzles myself lately. Just just mm. using myself as as my only reference, for, for example, where I'm like, you know, I, I I would err on the side of easy because if the story's great, then then cool. Then let's just breeze through this and have a good time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have like an answer for that, but it's just in this in that same vein of of fine lines. Yeah, my my thinking lately has just been. Don't put in a puzzle that's a puzzle for the sake of having a puzzle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if right. that makes yeah. sense. Like, it, exactly. I think that yeah. I've been thinking a lot about puzzles in the sense of, like, just relating, like, as an opportunity to learn more about the characters or about the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. If it's like, you know, you have somebody guarding a door, that's a standard adventure game puzzle. Mm -hmm. And you probably yeah. have to distract mm -hmm. them or you have to get them something or whatever. But, like, mm -hmm. you can use that to explore what are they doing there? Why are they guarding the door? You know, like maybe they're they're doing it because they're they don't want to, but they're like forced to because 
I don't know, they need the money or something. And like, you mm-hmm. can learn more about the character. You can learn more about the world. You can figure out a way that's, even if it is just a distraction puzzle, at least like have some interesting way of doing it, you know? <laughs> and I think as far right. as difficulty goes, like, if it makes sense, I think people are going to, you're gonna think it's easy, but like I don't think difficulty should be think like me related, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm yeah. actually just really coming from a selfish angle because I'm helping to write Paul's game that he's making, and I, I'm just kind of thinking like, well, I want people to get to the end of it. I want people to see the whole story. I don't mm-hmm. want to prevent them from doing that. So I guess there's a sort that sort of uh, that selfishness. Uh, from you know, the way I see it, where it's sort of like, well, I, I don't want to make this too hard because I want people to get right. to the end. Yeah, right. yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the thing is like, and this also kind of goes back to the whole idea of designing multiple solutions. It's like nowadays there's so many games, it's hard enough to expect someone to finish your game once, mm-hmm. let alone mm-hmm. go back yeah. and replay it. So, yeah, like, you want to, you want your players to finish your game. So, like, mm-hmm. there's no need to make them angry because it's like, oh, this puzzle's too hard. I'm not going to come back to this ever again, you know? Yeah. So you're not like, this game isn't long enough. I'm going to throw in a maze now. That's not your thing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. The day I make a maze is the day I, I don't know. <laughs> Insert horrible punishment here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that being said, though, I have had games where I've had mazes. It's just I've tried to, like, make them so that it's not the navigation of the maze is not the the puzzle. It's figuring out how to get through it. Like, in the fir- in the remake of the first Ben Jordan game, I had a, a maze where you had to, like, sniff because you were searching for a skunk ape. And so, like... <laughs> You basically just have to figure out that you have to use nasal spray to make you smell better, or make your, not you smell better, but like, you know what I mean. Your ability to smell is better. Stop the skunk from smelling. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, So, like, once you figured that out, it was just like, click the nose icon. It's like, oh, you smell something coming from the north. So then you just navigate it that way. But yeah, I've never, I've never wanted to do a maze where it's just like yes you have to solve mm-hmm. the maze now because whatever or sliding yeah. tile puzzles no. or any oh, yeah. Yeah, highlights magazine puzzles so as i like to call them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that magazine i was never smart enough for highlights i was like i was more chickadee and owl i'm like i'm not one of those highlights kids yeah. oh boo. <laughs> i love highlights do you they know what so my good, absolute <laughs> you know what i think the probably the worst offender is did you all ever play still life no i've heard of it (laughs) but i've not played it still life is infamous for it's like you're you're playing an fbi investigator you're tracking down a serial killer it's like this gritty grim dark fairly interesting story and then all of a sudden it's like Oh, I'm gonna go read about. I, I'm gonna go visit my dad for Christmas. He's got my grandpa's uh, like case notes because her her grandfather was also a detective, who you also play as in like 1920s Prague, which also sounds really interesting, right? <laughs> so she gets home and she's like, "Dad, I'm home. I'm gonna read grandpa's notes now." And he's like, "Oh, honey." I'll let you do that, but could you bake me those cookies first? And you have to literally bake him cookies. 
And it's not even like, oh, let's follow this recipe. It's like, oh, the recipe's coded. So you have to figure out what it means and you have to bake the guy cookies. And then when you go into flashback sections, when you go in the flashback sections, every single, I swear to God, every single character the grandfather meets in his investigation is like, oh, I have the important information for you in my safe, but I forgot the combination. And then you have to like, guess. It's so bad. It's like, that's a perfect example of you have this great intriguing story that could have been really interesting to explore, except it's. You, the pacing is just killed by these completely stupid, arbitrary puzzles that have nothing to do with the story. Because it's just like, yeah. figure out my weird lock. Yeah, Aaron on the side of Easy seems like the winner. Because it's like, worst case scenario, they'd be like, this, it's the perfect game. I don't know, maybe the puzzles were a little too easy, 9 out of 10. Yeah, Sold. exactly. Like, I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, mate, why the bloody hell are you making a Western? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great question, Paul. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so, so, <laughs> so when I was making Lamplight City, uh, I obviously, I, you know, it's set in an alternate 19th century and I had done all like the, the world building and coming up with the city and everything. And I thought, you know, this is, this is cool. Like this is, it's like, this is very much the alternate 19th century urban, you know, claustrophobic city story. Mm -hmm. But what would other parts of this, this alternate, you know, united states that's called vespuccia be like and what sort of environment is contemporary to this time period so of course i was like oh well the old west that would be cool i've i you know i'd be interesting to see what this sort of like alternate steampunky old west is like without the giant mechanical spiders i want to make very clear <laughs> um and, yeah uh, and so I was like, and you know what? Nobody really makes Westerns anymore. I mean, obviously, you know, Hollywood hasn't really made a Western in a long time, like a, mm -hmm. a classic quote unquote Western. Um, yeah. and there's even fewer Western <clears throat> adventure games and even fewer Western adventure games that are not comedies in the vein of Blazing Saddles. Because of course, when you think Western adventure games, you immediately think Freddy Farkas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a great game, but it's a comedy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have the more recent, like, Alamo and The Lost Dutchman's Mine, which is also right. a comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, like, the, Fen the Fenimore Fillmore games, which I never played. But I think the first two are comedies, and the third one is, like, a more serious one. Um, but I don't really know too much about those. So I thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity to, you know do something different it's the complete polar opposite of lamplight city because it's a it's a bright wide open spaces kind of game um mm -hmm. the western setting is interesting it's it's an untapped niche and it's also a perfect setting for an adventure game because as i said mm -hmm. before you're going on an adventure so i sat down and i was like well what do i what kind of story do i want to tell do i want to do like uh like a revenge story? Do I want to do a treasure hunt? Do I want to do a, 
uh, I don't know, like what other, what's another, I forgot. I, I think I had three. And I was like, why don't I do them all? You can, there'll be like a big <laughs> midpoint twist and then you can choose whether you want to go for revenge or you want to do the treasure or whatever. And then I was like, that's stupid. I'm just going to do one. So I got rid of the revenge <laughs> and I made it just a treasure hunt story. Nice. But I did, I did want to, um, I did want to do like the, the multiple path thing again. Mm -hmm. Um, but slightly different because in Lamplight City, obviously it was episodic in the sense that it was like cases by case by case and each case had a different outcome. Mm -hmm. But this time around, I figured, um, what would be interesting is if the journey bit was randomized. So again, mm -hmm. to cite Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's the first part, like the the game's basically like divided into three acts. So like the first act is you know the introduction, and then the second act is when you pick uh, which path you're gonna take, and then the third act is Atlantis. And like mm -hmm. the first yeah. act always plays out the same. There's a little bit of randomization, like which where the lost dialogue of Plato is or whatever. And then the second right. the second act varies based on which path you take, and then the third act is always the same again. It like comes yeah. back to whatever. Mm. So I thought, okay, well, let me try, kind of follow the same formula. And, you know, the first act will be just, like, establishing and, like, meeting these characters. Because the other thing I was like, okay, well, I want to do this journey story, but I also want to do, like, the posse and the companion characters and, like, have the core thing be, like, the Walking Dead, the, the Telltale Walking Dead, where you're, like, traveling with this group of people and you can, you know, uh, your relationship with them is affected by how you deal with them or like what how the situations play out and stuff like that so then i was like okay so so i want act one to be that establishing thing then act two will be the journey where i can put in some some changes and some randomization and then act three will be like act two of indiana jones and the fate of atlantis where instead of you know the third act always being the same the way you get through that depends on how you treated your posse during act two so like mm -hmm. there's three different right. paths oh, man. that uh, breathes life into the game for sure yeah mm -hmm. exactly so it's mm -hmm. kind of like you know who's with you at the end of act two based on your choices mm -hmm. affects how you get through act three mm -hmm. um so yeah i didn't want to make it just be like oh you you press this button and now you get this choice like you you mm -hmm. kind of have to get there through your choices throughout the game mm -hmm. um yeah so that's been real fun to design, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited about it, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping that you know people will look beyond the western thing because I know I mean westerns aren't necessarily like a maligned genre, but they're not mm -hmm. exactly in vogue. Although, well, I, love I realized, westerns, so. yeah, I mean, like mm -hmm. I realized I was never a huge fan of like the classic spaghetti westerns but there's plenty of movies that mm. you could consider westerns that i've enjoyed like there will be blood that's not a traditional yeah. western but it's right you know kind of like that and i mean i liked the remake of true grit the coen brothers and i liked mm -hmm. no country yeah. for old men which is obviously yeah, also a western yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so i think the more like neo-western is what i go what I'm more attracted to, but even still right. just like the themes of like, you know, the wide open spaces. And I mean, I love, mm -hmm. I love the geography of the American Southwest. Like I've been out mm -hmm. there a few times and it's, I love the desert. I just love how it looks. I mm -hmm. like, 
I like the idea of like, you know, the West as being this, this unexplored frontier where people yeah. go and reinvent themselves and like, you know, mm-hmm. thematically and story wise, it, it's, it's, it's yeah. a cool setting. So. Oh, and so it's going to have I'm great doing. music too, because you have the same composer as you had with Lamplight. So I know the music's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's been a little bit slow going, um, for various reasons, but <laughs> we've, we've had a little bit of, uh, I mean, he's, he sent me a few things and like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to also the fact that we're using live instruments to sweeten up mm-hmm. some of the tracks so that I think will, yeah. help, will help a lot. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of you got atmosphere. lots going on. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, how many characters? There's like 50 characters in this thing. You, you've, got, you've got voices <laughs> for all of them. It's a little ambitious. Well, yeah, I, I, I will tell you that I expect there to be a, maybe that many. Um, there mm-hmm. were 70 speaking parts in Lamplight City. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I wow. sort of just copy pasted that number for the Steam page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, my, I'm very, very conscious of the fact that there was a lot of talking in Lamplight City and I'm trying to pare down as the dialogue mm-hmm. for Rosewater for various mm-hmm. reasons um but i i mean there are definitely will probably be about 50 speaking roles not 70 mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the thing too is like you know that's i'm doing the thing where like you know there are some characters you might not see because you might not get the particular encounter so like the second act is divided up into little encounters and of varying lengths and I've randomized it so you don't get necessarily get the same sequence. So right. that'll be mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> don't want to get too much into it just in case there's any spoilers. Yeah, no but, worries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just before we wrap up, I have one last uh, self-indulgent question. Because uh, as I've alluded a couple times in this episode, Paul and I are actually working on – well, mostly Paul and I kind of um, – uh, chip in demands at him once in a while towards our own uh, point-and-click adventure game that we're coming up in. Which looks uh, great, by the way. Oh, thank you. That That's Paul. Thanks, Nate. So, yeah, yeah uh, it's nice looking. So, um, thank you. given that, like we've said before, you're kind of one of like, the big pioneers or one of the, you know, you've been around since the beginning of this whole revival of the um, modern classic style point-and-click Adventure That's games. right, Sonny. I've been there since. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don't sit on his knee. There's gold. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what would what advice would you give um, to a couple of first timers who are just cracking into this now? Ooh, some plucky young go getters. <laughs> oh, you you whippersnappers! <laughs> Look here. Uh, okay, well. Uh, hmm. That's tricky. Uh, okay, so the the big the big advice which I learned was, you know, as far as finishing a project is start small. Don't get over ambitious. Um, you know, obviously you want to make yeah <laughs> yeah you want to make uh you, you you get that excitement of like oh yeah I want to make a game, and you want to mm-hmm. make it like super ambitious and you want to make like multiple paths and whatever. I would not have been able to make a game like Rosewater my first game out the gate right. because I didn't have the experience and I wouldn't have been able to pull it off. And with each game I've made, I've learned something new and I've grown as a designer and writer and whatever else mm-hmm. I do. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like over over scoping is and over ambition are like the, the two biggest doom 
death knells for projects. So I think keeping it keeping it within a manageable uh, scope is is of the utmost importance. The other thing is it's a lot because there are so many games now. It's so much harder to get noticed nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have noticed that like you know a lot of the times like indie developers like the big thing was always oh get get press like email email uh news outlets get them talking about your game and yeah that still helps but it's not as important now and mm-hmm. i think a big part of that is because of social media and mm-hmm. because it is a pain to do because like <laughs> you know community management is a full-time job in and of itself yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think getting that, building that audience and getting that engagement and doing stuff like developer streams on Twitch or mm-hmm. just like, you know, starting a Twitter account and just like posting screenshots and stuff and just incessantly tweeting. I always feel guilty yeah. about doing it, but you got to do it because yeah, tweets right. are ephemeral, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, like those are my two pieces of advice. Don't go crazy with the size of your game mm-hmm. and... Don't be afraid to hustle and like engage with the community and like Discord's great too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, because at the end of the day, like yeah, you might be doing it as a hobby or you want to make it. You know, if you want to take a crack at doing it as a full time thing, you know, you're doing it for the love, obviously. But mm-hmm. if you want to make a living, you got to sell games. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And maybe port to mobile, you know, I don't know. That, that seems like good advice. Something to think yeah. about. Yeah. Somebody once told me. <laughs> A very wise old prospect to say. That, actually, uh, quick side note about that. Um, that's the other thing, too. Like, the market's constantly changing, so you never know what's going to be worth it or not. So, like, with Lamplight City, we ported it to iOS, and I... You know, I wasn't super excited, not not excited. I wasn't like super enthusiastic necessarily because I've realized that like, you know, the mobile market is basically full of like free-to-play games with in-app purchases. And mm-hmm. it's yeah. the, 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 the dynamic has changed to the point where like asking people to pay even like $4.99 for just a single pay, play game, whatever it's asking a lot nowadays. So mm. yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have any illusions about like the game finding a second life on mobile or like doing really well or whatever. So, you know, m- my publisher was like, Oh, we'll port it to mobile. And I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. Like, I don't expect to, you know, have any success with this to the point where I was like, you know, I'm happy to like forfeit any, royalties until we recoup the cost of the you know the porting costs figuring that i was never going to see any money or if i did it was going to take like months if not years Mm -hmm. and we broke even in like four months which was amazing and Mm -hmm. so now i'm getting royalties from uh, lamplight city on ios which for all intents and purposes the conventional wisdom was that that was never going to happen so that was a surprise so, nice. but again, I can't say, oh yeah, that it's totally worth it because who knows the next game might not, it might fizzle mm-hmm. out, you know? So yeah, it's always luck of the draw, but I think that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you make informed decisions about, you know, don't put all your, 
don't put all your eggs in one basket and be like, yeah, I'm going to spend all my money on porting to all these systems and then you spend all your money and you can't get it back because it doesn't sell on those systems. Um, mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, play it safe. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say what's kind of cool, is sort of related, is that, that Scum VM is, is starting to introduce support for AGS. So, so at least through, you know, uh, backdoor or just slightly more nerdy routes, we can, we can start putting AGS games on, on mobile that way. Yeah. Scum VM supporting AGS is exciting. I, I really don't know how it works for ports. Um, but I, I'd be, it'd be cool to be able to play the chef again. On Scum VM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm down for that. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, just before we go, uh, it's your time now if you want to give any shout-outs or plugs or anything like that or promote your own stuff. Well, I will tell you a very embarrassing and dirty secret, which is that I don't really play adventure <laughs> games anymore. But <laughs> but I I very much am I believe in the uh, community and the social media uh community that we've built up and i would like to plug some other people's games before plugging my own um i want to give a shout out to friend of the pod uh (laughs) julia minamata who's working on the crimson diamond yes yes um which is amazing and looks great and she also does a dev stream um Mm -hmm. i would like to give a shout out to nathan hamley also formerly sick chicken studios now headwear games who made a game called guard duty who's now working on chasing static which looks amazing uh i would like to shout out the folks at cloak and dagger games sean Aitchison and john inch who are making incantamentum Mm -hmm. who always you all know who i'm talking about it's fine Mm -hmm. Uh, i want to shout out the amazing looking (laughs) the phantom fellows which is a very nice looking game as well and is very funny from what i saw of space quest historians uh (laughs) fair and balanced <laughs> retrospective of that um see the problem with shouting out other people is that you always forget someone and then you feel like an ass yeah. because you didn't mention them uh so jacob Janerka. Nice. yeah jacob jacob Janerka, who made paradigm who's working on the dungeon experience also looks great um yeah. gosh who else uh crowns and pawns i forget what their studio name is but they're working on a game called crowns and pawns which is also like an exciting adventure globe trotting thing which looks cool hmm. uh and many many more um so yeah there's plenty of adventure games it always makes me sad when people are like why don't people make point and clicks anymore it's like people more people are making point and clicks now than they did in the quote unquote right. golden age so yeah try going back yeah. like 20 yeah. years or 15 years geez. yeah yeah when all you had was runaway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think i have that in small box (laughs) yeah i used to too but then i realized it was a terrible game and i got rid of it on ebay uh what were the the numbers you found again in terms of like uh uh, within the last few years oh gosh yeah Yeah. uh i don't remember specifically uh but it was like it was in the like several thousand well maybe not thousands but it was it was significantly higher uh Mm-hmm. number of releases with just within the past 10 years than with between like 1991 and 1999 right oh yeah so yeah um yeah so so as far as self-promotion um i have a twitter i am at grundislav games that's g-r-u-n-d-i-s-l-a-v games or 
Never mind. I was going to sing the jingle. But never mind. Um, <laughs> I was going to give you guys a little fan service. All right, fine. It's G-R-U-N-D-I-S-L-A-V-Grunoslav Games. Um, I'm so happy. I'm glad. Patreon exclusive. Yeah. Uh, I have a Twitch channel, uh, which twitch.tv slash Grundislav. I do a weekly developer stream, which I call Wild West Wednesdays, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, and I do some other sporadic streams other times if I feel like it. But that, that one is the for sure one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and which have... day is that on? Wednesdays. Sorry. Wild West Sorry. Wednesdays. Right. <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm sorry. Um Tuesdays, actually. No, Tuesday is Julia's day. Uh <laughs> oh, do we have to claim uh, days now? Paul. Yes. That. Phantom oh, yeah. Fellows Fridays. You've got it in the bag. <laughs> it writes oh, itself. That's why you have to make your game alliterative with, uh, you have to make sure, yeah, see that, I, I couldn't, I was sad that I couldn't call it Woe's Water Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, I could, but it just doesn't have the ring to it. Um, what else? Let's see. Twitch, t- Twitter. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. So Rosewater, it's on Steam. You can wishlist it. Please wishlist yes. it. Yes. I'm yes, so absolutely. close to 10,000 wishlists and... That means that the game will become popular upcoming when the release date comes up, which means that Steam will actually shove it in people's faces, which is nice because, yes, you know, exposure is always good. Um, you can check out Lamplight City, which is also on Steam. You can purchase that on Steam or mobile. Uh, you can <laughs> check out A Golden Wake, which is also on Steam and GOG, but not on mobile. Uh, you can check out Shardlight, which is also on Steam and GOG. Not on mobile yet. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, A Golden Wake. I, I was getting ahead of myself there. A Golden Wake, which is on Steam and GOG, but not on mobile yet. No promises, but maybe I have to give <laughs> false, false hope. Uh, and then there's also Shardlight, which is on Steam and GOG. And uh, yeah, you can check out all of my old Ben Jordan games and stuff on GrundislavGames.com. If you go there and you get a you won a free thing alert, just reload the page because I've had problems with malware for a long time and wow. it's annoying. But it won't it won't hurt your computer. It's just annoying. Um, what else? I think that's it. I'm tired of listening to myself talk. I hope you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we've we've uh, deliberately let this run longer than we do most episodes. Oh no! Yes. No, it's fine. It's, it's our pleasure. <laughs> it is. I've well, been so excited. You, you can you can ask the others. I'm usually a real. Uh, I'm pretty strict on our time. Okay, uh, guys. It's yeah, been 47 true. minutes. 47 minutes, guys. <laughs> Maybe you can do this as a two-parter and tease the. the Ooh. Or not. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we might. All right, I'll, I'll, second I'll part on Patreon. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, okay. All right, mates. Thank you very much for listening, and I'm sorry if that came across stern for some reason. All right, mates. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it with your shit. <laughs> Sit your ass down while I thank you. The floggings will continue, mates. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a pi- I'm in my pirate cove. I had to. Oh, this is great. <laughs>
buddy, you know the drill. Do 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 your do your homework. Go to go to Facebook.com because we're we're a page in a group, Classic Gamers Guild on Facebook. Go to Instagram at CGG Podcast. And also go to Twitter at the CG Guild. Do us a bloody tweet. If you want to send us an email, send us an email at mail at classicgamersguild.com. And thank you to all of our Patreons. Sincerely, um, we really appreciate your help and everything you do to support the show. Um, special extra thanks to Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion. Please check out Mark's game, Chinatown Detective Agency, on Steam and Wishlist. And when you're there, Wishlist Rosewater. And also a big thank you to a new Patreon, uh, Lester. Just, just one name, a little mysterious. I like that, mate. Alluring. Thank you for your support, <laughs> Lester. And uh, bloody, that's it. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but don't do a murder.